0: So, yeah. kia ora tato and welcome to the second episode, I guess, of Who Cares? I forgot the <laughs> name of the podcast. <laughs> okay, kia ora tato and welcome to the second episode of Who Cares? My name is Jessie Legg and today I'm here with my partner Molly. Hi. My... This is an impromptu episode because Molly started a new job today. Oh,
1: oh How yay. it, Molly? Oh god. I left this morning being very nervous that I wouldn't be um good at the job, I guess. It's um but I turned out I was nervous about the wrong thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so can you just explain what your job, what the job is?
1: Yeah, it's um being a vocational support worker at a, an organization that deals well they've got clients
0: with mental Health challenges. So and they claimed to have mental health challenges. Oh, well, yeah, they <laughs> claimed they have mental health challenges. And I don't believe the I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. No, but anyway, sorry, continue. No, but it's true. Um, <laughs> who've been labelled as having mental illnesses. Yeah. So, how many like, people are at the house? So, you're working at. So, you said there's a house, there are a few different houses that are all connected up to an office and a kitchen and a.
1: Yeah, so there's like individual units, like that sort of have like two bedrooms or or four bedrooms I think there might even be one bedroom ones but so they've kind of got like a kitchenette and bathroom and then like a couple of rooms and they then there's like a big kitchen that everybody shares and then the hall area which is sort of where people go to do activities it's sort of like a big lounge but it's quite separate from the rest of the place
0: so people and so this is supported living so people live there Mm. All the time. So it's not just like a short-term thing. No, it's not a and short-term like where thing. they
1: live. Yeah, that's where they live. A lot of them have lived there for a long time. Although, so my job is basically helping them find vocational things. So that means like volunteer work, jobs, study, courses, anything that they are interested in. If they want to do it, I can help them find courses and just facilitating activities like crafts. <laughs> baking just That's discos. what you'll do. Just be like, we yeah. craft again today. Yeah,
0: today. Craft. <laughs> today I'm finishing in my sock. <laughs> yeah. When you got there, like, what was one like, of the first things you saw that made you think, uh-oh. Well,
1: I think it was when I was interviewed. Yeah. It's just the whole setup of the place, the fact that That it's
0: not, people don't get to have a house, that's just their house. That everything yeah. is joined
1: into one. Yeah, and that there's so many people living in one space. Mm. And I didn't see that the kitchen was shared, but when I saw that, I, when I realised that the kitchen was shared, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, people can't, re-. like, the kitchen in their room, That's like a mini fridge and, like, a jug, basically, so it's like... It's like, you okay. can't
0: really, like, you couldn't couldn't just, like, make your own meal. No. definitely not you get no, yourself it- a toasted sandwich at 1am in the morning. No, right? and,
1: like, so everybody eats the same meal, and so, like, if you got served some dinner that you didn't like, you couldn't just, like...
0: They have a piece of toast doesn't uh, yeah
1: because like you don't have those facilities available to you and you'd have to I mean, I don't know the stuff there might let you go in the kitchen I don't know it was only my first day so but, you
0: and you see that the kitchen's locked
1: yeah, it's always locked, and the office is always locked as well,
0: so they have to ask to go into the kitchen yeah
1: and, and into the office where like it's it's an area of the place where they live and they're like they have to ask to go in there
0: yeah it's very it seems very like controlling mm. And also really demanding, because these are adults, right? So it's yeah. like, you know, it's different if you're, even, I mean, even most kids just have access to go and get a, like, go into the kitchen and get a piece of toast if they want. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you can reach to the toaster. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, to have to, I just am I'm imagining, like, having to be like, can I please go into the kitchen? Or, like, do they have to say what they're going to do as well? or just I'm like,
1: not sure what the rules mm-hmm. are. I mean, I don't know if if anybody has, like. Particular rules, you know. It mm. might be with a different person; they might have different.
0: True, but that's stuff. kind of the problem, right? Yeah. Is that like if a staff member wanted to, they could just be like, "What are you going to the kitchen for? Yeah. What do you want to eat?" And like, that's exactly I'm just saying from personal experience. That's the kind of thing that some staff members will do. Yeah, they'll be like making people justify like every action that you do, if because that's the thing about people who've been institutionalized is every little thing you do has to be justified and like. Every little thing is seen through the lens of, like, you're not a real person, you are Mm -hmm. your illness, or, like, you are what's wrong with you. And everything that you
1: do is under question, that's why it needs justification, because it's, like...
0: Because it's, like, you must be doing that because you're crazy, or because you're sick, or because you have a disability. Yeah, yeah, or, like... like, It's, like, you can't just want to do something because that's what you felt like, or... No. Like, why are you going... Yeah, why are you going outside? Like, what are you doing? It's not just, like, you can't just be spontaneous, or... But you were saying, it also <clears> the <throat> other thing that you said to me before that really upset me was the, telling the, the nurse telling a guy that he had to go and get a jacket.
1: Yeah, it so was... So how, how
0: old was the guy was... Who, at talking?
1: least in his thirties. And he was going out and, like, to an appointment and the, this guy was like, you should go and get a jacket. And he was like, I don't want a jacket. And he was like, just go and get your jacket. And he was like, I don't want my jacket. And then he didn't end up using his jacket while he was out. And he was like, see, I didn't need my jacket. And it was like, yeah. It's like,
0: that is so, like... <laughs> What is it what I feel like there's a word for that, like infantilization. Yeah. It's like that's what your mum says to you mm. when you're like going out and it's you know, it's like go and get a jacket. Have you been to the toilet? Like yeah. you don't say that to a thirty year old adult who has an un an an unrelated mental health problem that does no in no way like affects their ability to decide whether or not they need a jacket. Yeah, yeah that must be really, really horrible. Yeah. To have to like constantly be Just, like, at the whim of whoever happens to be on shift Mm. as well. It's, like, it's so much power to have over people. And it's really scary. Like, I kind of think that jobs where you have that much power can sometimes attract people who enjoy abusing power when they have it over people. Yeah. Because when you give someone that choice, it's, like, they should never have that much, you know. Particularly also to say that in front of someone else is kind of, like, embarrassing them in a way. It's sort of, like shaming like that's one of the like kind of warning signs that someone's in an abusive relationship as if someone does something like that they know is going to embarrass them or Mm. make like in front of like a third party kind of thing or bring up something that they know that you know they find embarrassing and it's kind of similar I think because you know if someone has a habit of forgetting their coat you could quietly remind them you know you know it's kind of like almost an intentional like show of that you have to take a jacket if I tell you, because... Yeah.
1: Or, yeah, like, I know better than you, and you don't have... You don't know your own body, and you're, like...
0: You don't... Can't look outside and judge what the weather is. And also,
1: like, like that you can't take responsibility for your own mm. decisions. Like, mm. if you go out, it, like, it happens to all of us. You <laughs> go out, and you forget your jacket, and you're like, damn, so I my jacket. But it's just, like, it doesn't affect your life that dramatically, and you go home and think, well, maybe I'll take it next time. Or you go, oh, I don't really care, so I won't bother again because being called doesn't faze me. It's just like...
0: It's like, also, it's like, that whole thing of, like, dignity of risk Mm -hmm. is that when people are in institutions or are kind of othered and treated as less than, it's like, for example, like an older person in a rest home who likes to walk around without their walker, and people are like, no, you can't do that! But then it's like, actually... Everyone takes risks every day and the fact that we like cotton ball people like is not no, no I don't oh, want to so say cotton what's that word? Like cotton ball. Oh cotton ball, right. Yeah. People is not for the purpose of keeping them safe, but it's to say that you actually don't have a right to take a reasonable risk. Mm-hmm. Like obviously it's different if someone's gonna like run out in front of a car yeah. or like hurt themselves, but mm-hmm. it's like if you're just doing something you know, like I bike on a busy roads in Wellington and that's a big risk. Well, not a big risk. Well, I guess it is in some ways. Like, driving, I don't know, crossing the road. Like, like basic stuff. Like, every single thing we do every day. But it's like, if you're considered to be not... It's it's like you're either a child or an animal that Mm. has to be taken care of by someone else. That you're like, I have to, like, tell you what to eat and when to eat it. Mm. Because you're a cat and you'll eat until you throw up. But it's like, they're not. They're adult human beings. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And you
1: just, you know, I feel like this happens with every new care job we go into. Mm. It's like, oh, well, you know, this one might be better, but then, I don't know, this is probably different. Well, definitely, I've never felt this, like, unsettled about an actual organisation on the first day.
0: Yeah. It's like a job. I recently went for a job at a school, and, um, I was only there for one day, but after the first day, I just, I... Well, I actually ended up sending a very succinct email, but I wrote out about four pages of complaints of all the bad stuff that I've seen happen. <laughs> and there's certain like signs that you can tell that you just get put through. So you just get a feeling. But also, secondly, like there's there's like a lot of stuff that staff will do that are just the telltale signs that they don't think that the people they're working with are actually capable adult human beings yeah. or you know like one of them is like talking about people when they're right there as if mm. they're not there like people do
1: that all the time in care.
0: yeah and it's so rude and it's like you would never do that or like talking in sing song voices is another one oh that drives me so crazy yeah. and I used to when I used to work at a rest home, Um, people would always be like I would be talking to a resident and they'd be like, oh, what, what are you talking to me? And I was like, no, I'm just actually talking to this person in a normal voice. Like, (laughs) it's so bad. But it's like, because you were like, come along, dear. Like, it's so patronizing. It's like, you can't just say, oh, how's your day going? Like, you have to be like, oh, have you had a good day today? Like, they're a baby. It's like, then the same people that do that are the same people who will hold people's hands down. When they're trying, like, or like push people around, and like, when after like observing that, and then having worked with people, it's like the people who talk about people when as if they're not there, are the same people that will like, I like do other bad stuff yeah. when they think that no one notices. Yeah, it's like with this job I, I had a um, this other trial that I the job that I didn't end up taking was at a school. And it's a school that has a really good reputation for working with kids with disabilities. And it's actually a school that some friends of mine, um, my family, were going to send their two autistic boys to, but the mum volunteered there for a while beforehand to see what was going on and then decided not to send them there. And I'm not surprised. (laughs) Because even from the very start of the day, like, there's this lady who's supposed to be a teacher. She's not even a qualified teacher. She was a qualified OT. Mm. which is a totally different thing, Mm. because... Occupational therapist, for those who don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But, um, she, anyway, but that wouldn't have mattered if she hadn't have been, like, just a general bastard, like... But (laughs) she, um, as she was going around the room, she, and she, there was, were were peers of carers and students, and she said one name for each pair. so I presume that she was introducing me to the students, but it turned out that, of course not, the students don't get named, like, don't get named, they don't get addressed directly, they will get talked about mm-hmm. and it's like, just from, from when I realised that that's what she'd done, I was like, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't work with you, I'm sorry, because, or like, I would ask, I was asking one of the students, I was like, oh, I really like your headband, like, that's so cool and then the staff member was say, like, oh yeah, she got it here, she did this and I'm like, well, actually I wasn't, like, mm. everything, you know, it's like, to always have someone speaking on your behalf, is so disempowering, and it also says so much that that person doesn't think that you're capable of actually holding, like, having a conversation and a connection with someone in your own right, Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, like, she was responding to me, like, not verbally responding, but she was, like, smiling and, like, you know, going, like, oh, yeah, like, touching her, the headband that she was wearing, and it's, like, I didn't need, like, the other, the Kira almost, like, interrupted her, because it's, like, I want, you know, you don't, always want to have to, like, have someone else step in and say, Mm. oh, this is who you are, this is what you think, you know? Yeah. You definitely don't want that. It's horrible.
1: (laughs) And there's some a similar thing happened to me this morning, actually. Like, when I first got there, I went into the office and there was a client there with one of the staff members and I introduced myself to them both and so we had a bit of a chat and then I went and started talking to this person who was meant to be showing me what to do and you know like showing me around and um I'd actually yeah I'd introduce myself to everybody in the office at that point but then we went back to the office and and he introduced me to everyone again except this client who was still there. Um, And I was like I've uh, already been introduced to everybody here but you could still introduce me to everybody
0: like rather than just the staff. It's like we're not here to hang out with the staff. Exactly. Or, yeah, staff who are so nice to you, mm. but not nice to the people they're supposedly... Like, that's how I... I always just think that I work... It doesn't matter what agency I work for or whatever. I work for the pe- the person I'm yeah, supporting. Yeah, Like, That's whereas,
1: why, I guess, like, they're called clients. It's just like in exactly. any other industry. The client, you, like, pay them lots of attention and what you, they...
0: What you do. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're there to support them to live their own life. Yeah. And it's, like, people who behave as if it's, like, they're just furniture or, like... Mm. I don't know, yeah. People who are, like, who are always trying to do what the, the boss wants. And it's, like... Or, like, I mean, like, the manager or whatever. Yeah. And it's, like... you You know, on paper, that's the hierarchy. But, like, actually... You know, the all the stuff like, I was saying to you before, like, the this the the staff will be so nice, like, at this job, at the school, they were all really, really nice to me, and really nice to each other, but I was like, take that energy and put it into the people you work with, because yeah. they're the ones who actually are relying on you, and you're not doing your job. Yeah, and it's like, they have support workers, because
1: they have support needs. Yeah. And it's like, it's really not that hard to just, like... I guess it is hard for some people, but just to be patient and let people express what they want and need and to mm. support them in ways that are convenient to them and helpful and
0: It's fun. like, just treat them... It's like the basic... That's the thing. It's that it's actually... This is the thing I always have, because I've always... That people are often will second-guess you when you try to complain about stuff. Because mm. they'll be like, well, what justifies you to have that? Like, I would say that, you know, the, what this what's happening isn't okay at one next time I worked at, and my boss would be like, well, what qualifies you to make that decision? And it's kind of like, you don't need any qualification. You just no. need to actually look at the other person and see another person.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, there's no, like, you can have all the qualifications in the world and still not, still be so ableist and so, like problematic in the way you're thinking that you don't see that, per- that you don't actually respect the other person mm. you know it's not about what it's really basic and it's really sad that we're still getting that so wrong yeah when even like obviously resourcing, resourcing is a big thing but that's the thing about that job at the school is that the resources were all there they just weren't being used yeah because people didn't think that the per- the people had anything to say mm. so they didn't use their communication aids and it's like oh. Some people don't even get communication aids, who yeah. really, like,
1: would benefit from them.
0: <laughs> exactly, and it's like, these people have all this stuff, and it's like, all that you need to do is, like, put it on the desk in front of them, or like, you know, mm. yeah. and it's like, that's the thing with communication aids, I was reading later, <laughs> that you're supposed to have access to them all the time, or they don't work, because people aren't used to, who aren't used to being able to communicate like, to get used to it, they have to have it there when they actually want to say this thing's at it. You know, if you have a thing being like, this is how you say you need to go to the toilet, but then you only give it to them for 10 minutes a day, it's not going to work. Yeah. Not that I even saw it them used for 10 minutes a day, to be honest. I didn't see any of them used at all. Yeah. <sighs> Except for this one kaleidoscope thing, I was like, She's not interested in it. She was clearly... This girl was clearly not interested in it. And I was like, why are you two? Like, oh, it's pretty. And it's like, she doesn't care. Look at her. She's not even looking at it. That
1: reminds me of this one time I was... um, (laughs) When I worked at a different day centre kind of place. Um, And I was... Spent a lot of time being one-on-one with this client. And just that morning, I tried, like, this new thing with her. Like, one of those... What, that barrel of monkeys things? Where you, like, attach the monkeys to each other's... Like, the monkeys have... Linked arms Mm. and I tried it with her in the morning and like she just not engaged and she like just Mm. didn't really like it and I was like okay well that's fine yeah something she doesn't like but then um I was going out with some other clients in the afternoon and someone else another staff member who doesn't often work there but when she did work there she often worked with this client I was like oh I tried that monkey thing with her this morning and like she didn't really like it so you could try something else (laughs) um and then like I came back later on that day and she was like drawing the monkey thing <laughs> and then it was just like wasn't working and I was like, <laughs> like I don't know like we're it's not, not working but like yeah, this client was just not interested yeah, at all and I was like
0: i but you're like so but people like, are like but I thought this would be really good for you and it's like it doesn't actually matter what you think yeah. is cool or like you might be like oh this would be a really cool like strategy for us to use and then it's like but it doesn't work the person yeah. doesn't like it yeah so don't try yeah I was like just don't waste your time
1: like I, like there's
0: other Already things you. like you can try you can try stuff it's good to try lots know. of different things like people change their minds and stuff yeah. but it's also just like take a hint you know yeah like <laughs> But, it, and it shows that you're not really, you're not really paying attention to what the person is communicating to you mm. if you're keeping on trying stuff that's not working. Yeah. Or also that you presume that that's what they're like for everything. Like, those are probably the same, like, the people who try stuff that, and it doesn't work, are then the people who are like, oh, they're like this all the time, they never respond to anything. Mm. You know? Yeah. When, like, I worked in one unit and the people kept on saying that if this lady had left one of her slippers, they were like, oh, she doesn't understand anything, she doesn't do anything all day. She just sits there. Ugh. Oh, anyway. But then she was, um, after that, she, that was at dinner, and then she got up from dinner, and one of her slippers came off, and she was reaching over to get it, and the person was, like, had their hand run to her other wrist and was trying to pull her out of the dining room, being like, what is she doing? Come on, come on, come on, come on. And she was clearly reaching for the slipper, and I was like, please stop that. She's reaching for a slipper. She needs her shoe. And the lady was like, oh, no, she doesn't know what she's doing, and then... The I went and got the shoe, and she put it on, and then went away perfectly. Well. And I was like, uh, "That's the kind of you know, like people yeah. who just you see what you want to see, yeah, and you just or you don't know how to do something, and so then you blame like you your incompetence and the fact that you don't know how to do your job. You then blame on the person that you're supposed to be helping, yeah. But anyway, coming back to this place you're working today, mm. so you were saying that like the people who are there probably would mostly at um like old style loony bins yeah
1: yeah i think a lot of them were and like i was just talking to this one person who was like he was saying that he'd been with this organization for 20 years but before then he was in one of the mental institutions or whatever some Asylum. one of the asylums that's he was there for probably 30 years before mm. joining this organization and he was just saying that like he wasn't sure if he would ever survive in like the outside world and i was like yeah well fair enough like you haven't been given a chance yeah to have anything other than this like very controlled lifestyle where you don't have any agency and can't make any decisions for yourself but, yeah and we were just talking about before like how people put in those asylums back in those days were put in for like whatever reason you know it wasn't
0: it was like my, I had a counselor once who used to work in one, and he said that a lot of women got put in them when they went through menopause mm. because they just got really grumpy or they started saying stuff to their husbands that their husbands didn't like. It was yeah. very, like, also, like, children born with what are, con- like, considered to be, like, abnormalities mm. will be put there. So, like, if you have, like, a, sh- a head shape that they're, like, oh that's different. Yeah. They're not just, like, oh, that's different. They're, like, no, you yeah. know locked in a room now yeah on your own and then you don't develop normally that's funny like mm. strange <sighs> yeah but and also yeah it's it's just like the fact as well that sometimes I guess those places would be if you can, could afford to if you had a family that was understanding and could afford proper like private support and help or like could afford to have your own home you know mm-hmm. yeah then you wouldn't have to end up there, but it's just like, they have nothing, there's nowhere else for you to go. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. I,
1: or like, it was just socially acceptable back then, basically. If your family member was, like, not as normal as you'd like them to be, to just put them in an institution like that.
0: Yeah, and also, the fact that, I don't remember who told me this, I think it was this woman who, I was at a respite house with once, but she was like, she was in, I think, Porirua, the lunatic asylum. Because she got depressed and, like, tried to hurt herself or something. Or, like, cut herself or something. And then they were like... And she was there for only six months, which was really short. Mm. But she said that they hardly even got seen by doctors or psychiatrists or psychologists. It would be, like, once a month. They would be like, how are you? And she'd be like, bad, I feel horrible, I hate it here, please let me out. And they'd be like, no. And then one of her doctors helped her get out. But Uh, it was like, if it hadn't been for them, she would... You know, there's a whole lot of pictures of, like, the, like, there's, like, the nurses and then there's, like, the, I can't remember what they call them, but they're basically the, like, big bully guys that they would get to, like, hold people down and stuff. Oh, my God. So horrible. But, yeah, I was also saying before that, like, (laughs) the people that are at this house that you were at, who were, like, 50 or 60 or older, and were in mental institution, the fact that this we're still saying that it's their health problem that's yeah. got them there is totally fucked. Cause it's, it's, like, their like,
1: neglect and abuse. It's the yeah. neglect and abuse that they've suffered. Well, the institutionalization... Them, yeah. it, even...
0: Yeah. How could you be normal, like, growing up, or, like, being, even as an adult, like, being treated so badly, mm. and then being told that it's because you have something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're still, like, these people with mental health problems, I am saying they should be called, like, survivors of institutional abuse, yeah. not... And be, like, celebrated that they're so strong that they even survived that. Because, yeah. to be honest, like, there was an inquiry in... Uh, 2000-something. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: Sometime over <in> the past 17 <laughs> years.
0: Honestly, like, the stuff that came out is just so horrifying. Like, mm. it's so, so bad. And still nothing's been done about it. And there's still these places that's why it's so upsetting because it's like we know how bad it is when you tuck people in places and institutions. Yeah. And how harmful it is when when staff members can arbitrarily exercise power over people's lives and yet we still treat are still treating them exactly the same way and we're yeah. still saying it's because they have a health problem. Like, how can we not have learned better? Like it's absolutely insane. And I
1: worked at a in a house one time with the staff told me, I was, like, I wasn't there for very long, but the staff told me that some of the clients still had sheets from the asylum that they lived mm-hmm. in. And I was like, what a disgusting souvenir. Can their company or, I don't know, the staff not, like, help them to save if they can't do it themselves, like, just to buy a new set of sheets from yeah. the 2nd shop so they don't have to have this thing that would remind them of... Not that it's... Not that where they were living was perfect and, and treated them as if they were fully human but you know it's it was better in it
0: because I mean, that was that when you were working for that the with a woman who hadn't spoken her whole life because she'd been oh there's yeah she, the same company so can you talk about that?
1: oh yeah she hadn't sorry she hadn't everybody thought that she just couldn't speak um so she because she didn't speak the whole time that she was in the asylum and so she is fluent in sign language. But then... But that's the kind of speaking
0: though. Yes, yeah, so But they she, thought that she, she was could, like... She was mute. I mute, guess, or, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, so... But then when she left, she started to talk with her yeah. voice and... all no,
0: like she was just so sad. Yeah. That she never even tried to talk. Like, yeah. that's just so heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's so... It, it's also just scary because it would. it's so easy to see. How how long ago was the... Was, was there that place in Levin or Woonoon or something? Mm. That was, like, closed in 2004?
1: Yeah, it was so recent.
0: Just to me, from hearing stories about it and stuff, that, like, I've been in hospital in the psych ward and I've been in, like, respite houses and stuff. If I had lived 20 years ago, I would have been put in a lunatic asylum and mm. probably... Let out because my parents probably would have made them, hopefully. But, you know, I don't know that. And also, I could have just lived that life, you know, and ended up at the age of 60 having to ask if I can go and get a teabag from the kitchen. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah,
1: my, it makes me think like my mum's dad, so my granddad, had a brother with Down syndrome and they, he was just chucked. In an institution Mm. from when he was a kid And when mum Was younger Her dad would always go off to visit him And she would never know where he was going And she didn't Mm. find out until after her uncle Had died, she never met him That that's where he was going all the time Because like there was I guess there was so much shame around it And especially Mm. my granddad's generation But like also just because Yeah it was like you just wouldn't talk about The fact that you had a family member in one of these places because probably because you knew it was so horrible yeah and that they weren't being treated properly and
0: but then again would you
1: maybe you didn't know that maybe you just thought it was like what mm. needed to be done and like the only way that these that people who were different from you could live because you didn't see any other example i don't know yeah it's kind of like it's like um I, I read this thing online and it was like how people always say, like, oh, you know, during apartheid or, like, the black civil rights movie, movement in America, like, I would have been one of the people who mm. was on the side of, you know, the oppressed. But then, it, you know, it's talking about what's happening in America at the moment and people are just being quiet and not doing anything and they're like, yeah. you say that that's what you would have
0: done then, but are you doing anything now? It's so easy to look back and be like, wow, the Poitier or Asylum was horrible. Even though that's not... There's a thing in the Wellington Museum about... <sighs> that portrays it as like as if it was this like kind of commune where people like grew their own vegetables and like did craft and it was sort of nice yeah just, it's like, a, so just nice. like a historical
1: thing that happened and
0: it's like no like i'm so angry when i saw that it's in the like the attic part yeah and it's just like how fucking dare they Th- those people have gone to so much ev- and gone through so much pain to share the stories yeah. of how horrible it was there yeah and, and how well, much abuse there was. And
1: even just to get out of there. Yeah, like, just, to get those places closed.
0: Yeah. Like, it was... It's such an ongoing battle. Yeah. And it's, like... And then just to, like, kind of gloss over it. And also the fact that, like, place
1: that I'm now working... Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh. Like, it just seems like such a natural progression from that. Mm. And it's, like, so alive and well. Nothing has really changed. Like, people the are to The same people, like, how walk, long
0: has but, the, the... The manager worked there. Oh yeah, the manager's been there
1: for 20 years and I always get sceptical when I go to a disability job or like a you know support work job generally and there's somebody there who has been there for like a really long time because they probably have attitudes the Think of what the, dis-
0: of what the mental yeah. health system was like 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, It was fucked up. Yeah. Like you wouldn't never have stayed in that job if you saw it for what it was. No. You know? Like you just couldn't. It would be too horrible unless mm. unless this is the thing, I'm like, you wouldn't even have seen that job, but then if you had to, to eat, you would. Yeah, for sure, but, some people have to. But also, even if you have to stay there because you just have to, because you need it, you still have, you still get desensitized. Yeah. Because to cope in your day, if you have to go home and cook dinner for your family and like play with your kids and stuff, you have to get desensitized. And so you do, and then you become part of the like fucked up system. Yeah. Even if initially you weren't like that. Yeah, and, and you didn't
1: wa- I don't think anyone really wants to. <laughs> be like
0: that but it just and i mean even to some extent i can see that's happened to me when i've been in horrible rest home jobs and stuff not really like i still always think it's horrible but i you do you just get used to seeing people strapped down to their chairs and yeah feed medication and all that kind of stuff and you're like actually you know that it's horrible but you have to still try to be also because you're trying so hard to be cheerful for the other reason for the residents so you have to still try this on some level, get on with it, and it's upsetting when you when I think that, I you know you could walk past a person being so horribly mistreated and not even bend an eyelid, but that's mm. what happens if you're there you know six days a week, yeah. months on end, and that's the reality you have to work with. But you just
1: have to be desensitized because otherwise you wouldn't be able to go to work. Yeah. And if you well I mean I was gonna say if you come home and cry every day, but you- still come home and cry every day, go to work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just makes it, it's just a sad life to
0: live. Yeah, I mean, also, even when I was there, like, I was like, I'm a 19, 20-year-old with no other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Like, I have the time to feel my emotions and think about this. But all the people I worked with were either had a lot of kids and not much money or were, you know, refugees themselves or didn't have the luxury of being as critical Yes, yeah. I was. I mean, some of them were just dickheads, but also I feel like. There is an element of like you are privileged enough to I don't know. Well, no, we are privileged so that I come home
1: from work and complain to you, and we can sit down and record this podcast. Because <laughs> we don't have children or like other responsibilities other than our bunny rabbits to like worry about, really.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, is there anything else you wanna? that I, you think is they count? They count. Also, the thing that grossed me <laughs> out is they count out people's cigarettes. Yeah, and they 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 count them up
1: and divvy them out at certain times and
0: report back to the other stuff on how many cigarettes people smoke. Yeah. Smoked. Smoking. And it's disgusting. Jesus. Ugh. Yeah, it's just
1: weird. It is weird. And it's like you're at your own house. Like a lot of these people are just chilling at home. Well not all day, but like, you know, they come and go from the place that is their home and their activities base, I guess. It's like it's different if you're at work and you get smoke breaks. Yeah. But that's not somebody that's somebody like dictating your time and that's what well, being part of Capitalism. Capitalism is about, yeah, someone dictates the time that you're with them, and then they pay you for the time that you're with them, and there's certain things you can and can't do at certain times.
0: Yeah, it's it's different if you're only in a certain, like, if you're at work, and then you go home, and you can relax. Mm. It's different. It's like, there's no escaping from these people who know every detail of your yeah. life, every detail of your medical <clears> history. <throat> Mm. it's a literal nightmare.
1: And it seems like the sort of place where people would just like, kinda, I kind of got shown around people's like houses and stuff without, oh. being, without them being asked. And kind of just room.
0: walk, yeah. like
1: show someone someone else's room without asking their permission or like walk into someone's house without knocking. It's like, yeah, because one of the houses, the kitchen and office area, you can sort of like, there's no door between that and the beginning of one of the houses. So it's like all connected and... So you can just like walk straight into like the hallway.
0: Mm. Oh yeah, that's so horrible. I mean, even if the staff were all really nice, it's still horrible. It's just a horrible setup and a horrible culture. And should just be bulldozed immediately. Yeah, those people should be built nice houses in Whitby. You yes. have my food bag delivered <laughs> every day. <laughs> have pets. And- yeah, it's like oh, people they might struggle with like independence and stuff. If you like go out and to eat or like. Spend a lot of time in restaurants. Or, like, get food delivered. That is not seen as compromising your independence. No. But if you have to, are forced to live in an institution where you get fed, it's like, well, you can't be independent because you're incapable of it. Yeah. Or, like, you need help, like, with cooking classes or something. Mm. Because you have, like, an intellectual disability. Oh, well, I don't know, there's such a stigma attached. Yeah. Whereas if your dad or my dad, who went to, like, the age of 40 or 50 without being able to cook themselves a meal. Mm. Oh, well, a basic meal. It's not like, you're deficient and wrong. It's yeah. like, no, you're normal. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not normal. Like, that shouldn't be normal. You know, that's not in- that's not seen as a lack of independence. It's like the way yeah. we see, like, talk about independence. Like, ACC always talks about return to independence. And it makes my skin crawl every time I have to look at my time sheet. <laughs> because I'm like, first, I like a lot of ACC clients are always going to need care. And that's totally yeah. fine. Like, it's fine. Everyone needs support from other people. Yeah, if All people are interdependent. No one is completely independent. And, like, what every person's independence looks like is different for them. And it's about that being satisfying for a person, not about being, like cheaper or more convenient or more like able-bodied resembling or yeah. more neurotypical or something yeah
1: if you have a real well-paying job and you don't really know how to cook like people our age they'll be like lol i don't cook i eat like out yeah. every single night Heart oh, so cool it's like okay it's fine like if you don't want to cook and you can afford to eat out that's cool but like that's why really is okay. it yeah. so different
0: why is it so different from someone who as a result of the way they've been treated in institutions yeah. has not been allowed to learn to cook yeah when they could have wanted to mm-hmm. and then that is so like seen as they are deficient mm-hmm. you know it's like
1: so yeah i used to work it's with okay. this guy who a client who when he was younger he could like cook meals all for himself and stuff and then things happened and he got put into an institution and now lives in like supported living but, like, he just doesn't have that same level of independence anymore. Now he he just, like, lacks motivation, really, to, like, mm. do a lot of things overall. And I'm, like, I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. horrible, but... But with, were there any good things that happened? The people the clients were really
1: nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was really lovely. I helped... A woman, at the end of the day, there's a there was meant to be a craft person coming in, too, and she does sort of like a craft afternoon every Wednesday with the ladies there. Oh. And the, the woman who was like waiting outside, looking for her for like a really long time, and she was like, oh, she was going to help me make my cushion. And I was like, I can help you make your cushion. And she was like, oh, will you? And so we went over and like she got out her cushion stuff, and like she didn't really need my help. She was just like sewing, stitching some stuff, like hand stitching it. She was doing it perfectly fine on her own, but she was like oh this is great like oh, and yeah, it was. It just looks really cool and I can't even describe the technique that it was using it's like kind of like a rug making sort of oh. technique yeah but then so then they're gonna like put that on the front of like a coloured background and then like make a cushion out of it
0: what a coloured background
1: well so it's like the, the cushion is gonna be a bit bigger than like the rug oh
0: okay yeah. okay Thing. Wow, that's cool. I love like like shaggy kind of looking. Yeah, it's like Ooh.
1: that. Yeah, it's really cool. And so they like pulled every individual little mm-hmm. bit of fibre through to make which is a lot of work.
0: I want some a rug maker in a second hand job. And it's like for those old fashioned rugs, you get a sort of like plastic squares kind of things and you have to do it pull each individual. Yeah, that's, fiber what was, that's what But that it's means, like a thing yeah. so that it's like you kind of it's like a, not like a stapler or something, but like a big stapler and you just doof. And then you move ah. oh, doof, and oh, I'm like, "Why are you making your rugs by hand and then semi-automizing, automating?"
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> a second-hand shop because nobody does that. <laughs> well, they do, but. but I always
0: see rug wool at second-hand shops, and I was always like, "What is that?" And then I like read the whole instruction book. People <laughs> from <laughs> the Shinami must just be like, Who is this crazy person who's always coming in? Looking at all the weird, like, craft related things. Well, thanks very much for if you're listening to this, and I hope that maybe you've learnt something and just beware people who talk about people when they're there. Yeah. They might not be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope that you enjoyed that episode and remember to subscribe. And check out our website and if you have any suggestions or questions or you want to complain about anything, which is great, we love complaining, I'm always pro-complaining, then send us an email at who cares podcast at gmail dot com. Kia ora.